celebrating success, learning from legends, and growing poppies. This is Talk Poppy Talk with Grace Lewis. Kia ora and welcome to Tall Poppy Talk. This episode is a little different. Firstly, it's just me, and I am formally wrapping up season one. Things have gone so much better and further and deeper than I could have anticipated. So firstly, I just want to say thank you to those who listen, to those guests who have joined me, and for people who have reached out. I have really been touched and can't quite put into words how much it means to me. I've had so much fun and I want that fun to continue. And I also want to take the time to reflect on the guests I have had. So this episode is going to be shorter. It's serving as a somewhat highlight reel to deep dive on some of these past guests. And it's going to be like this for the next four weeks as I prepare and give you know adequate time for season two. Today's guests, I think, all complement each other in the sense that they're related to systems, support persons or research. These four guests all are in the sporting field, but I think it's, as everything else is, applicable to any area of life and to any person listening. So I had so much fun going back and re-listening to these conversations, and some of them weren't that long ago, but yeah, it's, it's like a time capsule. So firstly, we have Rod Corbin, high-performance sports psychologist. Uh, we're going to hear from Ken Lynch again, uh, high-performance sports pathways developer. He's over in Australia with uh, Australia Sailing right now. We're going to revisit Ashley Stanley, who was last week's guest, and I think fits in very well with this lineup. And to come in as the anchor, bringing us home, is Marg Foster, who... If you have listened, just like me, I'm laughing as I listen because she is just so enthusiastically, infectiously funny and positive and you leave that conversation smiling. So we will begin with Rod Corbin. Is it possible that someone's never going to feel negative mental health? They're always going to feel great? Uh, yeah, there is some compared probably. Yeah. Um, so again, a lot of the mental health stuff that's going on at the moment, we try and educate people on mental health and well-being. So we view mental health as a continuum, and people will go up and down that continuum. And, it, and, it, and again, this is the grumpy, cynical person, and he goes, you know, we're, we're taught that we should all be at one end, the thriving end. We should all be thriving. That's almost the social media stuff here, you know, and it's in our modern rhetoric about thriving. And when I give these mental health talks, I think I've given a couple, and I was talking to the slide with the continuum on it, the thriving, and I this little internal dialogue in my head that's what it's like to live in the head of a psychologist this internal dialogue i mean you're a bloody hypocrite last time you were thriving you were 12 you know before you had to sit university exams before you had to pay your bills before you had a fight with your girlfriend you know um you had to worry about your kids when they're growing up but i think there's this myth that we should always be thriving and the reality is that sometimes life is hard sometimes you know we've got to this we've got to sit exams i'll often get a phone call from a physio or someone saying oh look I've seen Grace today. She was in my clinic and I think you need to see her. And I go, why? Oh, she was really upset. She was really stressed out. So I'll, I'll get hold of Grace. I'll get hold of you and say, oh, how are you going, Grace? Oh, yeah, I'm a little bit stressed out. And I've got, I've got like a whole lot of uni, uni exams and I've got training and I've had a bit of a fight with my boyfriend and my girlfriend. Um, but I, but exams will be over soon. You know, I'll be sweet. And so I go, it's okay for people to be stressed sometimes. 
So again, it's that myth that we should we should always be happy and and we should always be able to cope. Sometimes life is difficult. The issue becomes when we struggle for long periods of time and on the continuum we start we go the wrong way and we keep going the wrong way until finally we get to a point where we are unwell. We spiral. So I always, yeah, we spiral. So I talk about you know just just take a moment just to just to notice where you are on that continuum and if you feel like you're stuck or you're struggling and you continue going the wrong way, then there's some stuff we need to do. But to answer to your question, again, it's human nature for us to sometimes be, be, be well in our mental health. And sometimes we won't be as you know, well as we would like to be. Uh, yeah, so yeah, the mental health continuum has one end, the real thriving, the well-being, but the other end is the mental ill health end. And I always go, what's my job as a psychologist in sports? I go, I try not to practice clinical psychology because clinical psychology is the domain of the unwell. I work with well people and I try and keep them well in environments that are challenging. Going back to my, your first question, what's a high performance environment? They're in an environment that's challenging. So they're exposed to this low level chronic stress. We know that chronic, low level chronic stress uh, actually can lead to mental ill health. So my job is to keep people well in those environments that are challenging. Now, every now and again, they will be unwell because that's just the nature of humans. You know, we know that a fair proportion of us will, will suffer from some mental ill health at some stage in our lives. And so my job is to is to recognize that and then to take them out of that we can. Listening back to Rod's one, there's so many good, knowledgeable, tangible things he dives into that it was hard just to pull something. I imagine, just like I did, that you want to hear more after hearing that little bit. So I encourage you to go back and listen. And next up on the highlights lineup, we have Ken Lynch. I haven't had significant experience with directly with athletes around negative impact of social media. Um, I see it. I can see. I can see how and why. And and like personally, my, my daughter had a very poor experience. On, with a social media piece around around bullying, and so I know how damaging that can be, and how how easy it plays out. So so um, yeah, I, I think if people were really purposeful around social media, and were clear on what it does for them and how to use it, and use that platform well, it could be really it can be really helpful and rewarding like for, for me I, I separate things i've got a i've got a work and a, and a personal which i'm sure many people do but it is really really helpful um this one's quiet and you know fun and this one is hey this is where it work this is work and this is uh and and, and it, not that i'm i'm reasonably brand aware but i but i I don't have a brand, <laughs> so, so, but, but I'm very quite clear on that one. Hey, there's this is what goes on that page, um, and I don't, I don't interact with anything on that page that I would see as being negative. So, so I'm, I'm, I think there's the strategies to help support people to do that better. Often, when people arrive in and they do well and start to move up, you know, I've come across some emails from. Like email addresses, let's say, for athletes that have just started their career, and they've got their old hotmail address, 
and you just go you 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 need to change that <laughs> yeah so but people don't arrive in with that awareness you know people don't arrive in with that knowledge and understanding so i think the earlier we can help with that the better i i would imagine yeah and um well i remember i, I just wanted to acknowledge and say sorry about the experience of your daughter because that isn't unique unfortunately that people do have negative social media experiences but then to segue to that latter part about the media training and having a personal brand um that's something I think you'd find of interest in my experience with college rowing here you get trained on what to post and how to have a personal presence online because there's been at least at the school I went to and I remember thinking oh this is really good actually and how to kind of have that knowledge of oh, I didn't actually think about yeah maybe a coach or a selector might look at my Instagram if it's public you know just ha having an awareness that it's good I like what you said about having two separate elements but I know I don't they're pretty intermingled so maybe being a bit more conscious about separating those things could probably easier said than done but that could be a good way to implement some some boundaries yeah I think the like I, I agree the training is 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 paramount the the diff I think the difficulty with that is is probably the, the patience that we're aware people need to have in in how long it's going to take to get there but everyone's always in a rush and so so a training session is more important than going to meet with the support that's available around social media and branding and so so people choose to train and and often often deprioritize that type of support because it's there i know it's here in australia i know it's in new zealand i know it's in ireland I, I've, I've been to those sessions so so it's not that the support's not there it's that people aren't prioritizing it or aren't engaging with it for whatever reason and you know it, it's tough to make everything compulsory uh so yeah, everybody's sick of webinars you know in, in a yeah. oh 200 people on here like, half the people are doing something else you know yeah. it, it's it's we need to find another way there's another another learning tool or another mechanism i think in general not just around social media we've got to vary our learning our teaching styles and approaches to keep it to keep the variety there otherwise people disengage or don't engage Ten matches like with rod and everyone i'm going to recommend if you haven't listened to go back and give it a listen but diving into social media isn't something i've done directly with every guest i did it with rod as well and i think hearing their perspective and experience if not directly with it from what they observed with others is very helpful and ken brings up a, you know really prominent point especially coming out of the pandemic is people don't want to do more online mandatory zooms so a lot of food for thought there, more food for thought as we head into Ashley Stanley's revisit. Uh, we talk again about some of the studies she's done, some of the research, and I want to dive even deeper <laughs> into this. But yeah, up next, Ashley Stanley. And then the third finding out of it was that it was, <laughs> it was one of my, my uh, book Beyond the Mark tagline of under, understanding the person beyond the player. So that real idea of probably speaking to identity. And so the organization or the franchise or the union or whoever 
understanding that they're people first and that they bring into these environments all of themselves, maybe, if that's encouraged. Um, and that's important to know around how you set out potentially a development program. Like if you know it's that they're one, maybe don't get paid a lot of money at that stage, and two, you're asking them to travel a fair bit to get to the academy, but you know that half of the demographic has lives, you know, maybe out South Auckland or West Auckland and you're in the city, taking into consideration even the traveling is asking them a lot. So if you put an extra um sessions be mindful of that as in make it really valuable why would you put in another session what is it that you want them to get out of it because again they they don't have kind of the means to potentially do something like that so it was just being very thoughtful of their lives outside of um, rugby which obviously affects them and their performance um, and that actually ties in again so one from an organizational perspective but then also from the players themselves understanding themselves as people beyond the player you know so being really important and again and it's hard potentially about offering information or talking about like identity at that level of a pathway potentially I'm not sure I haven't seen the research on it but actually prepping at that stage or even earlier around that whole not tying your identity up in your sport so making sure that you understand as a player, the person beyond the player as well. So your interests, your likes, your dislikes, how you, you know, the things that might trigger you. Being yourself aware is basically what that point, the second sub point for that one. The whole discussion around identity is obviously huge in sport, but it's also kind of a synonym for work-life balance, right? If you're in the workplace, remembering you have this home life, you have this identity that is separate and that's applicable to school and study and friendships. And if you're in a relationship, being separate to someone, having your own identity. Huge conversation, really, really interesting for me. And it took a long time for me to kind of separate myself from my sport. And now that I'm in the workplace, exactly the same thing is happening. Last, but certainly not least, we have Marg Foster. And so for me, I think tall poppy makes me feel that, like, you know, the flower being watered and being able to stand tall and being able to, to never let anyone judge you and also to, to just bring that air of color like authenticity. But when you're young, you don't get that. You know, I mean, you're freaking out. You think people are talking about you or judging you and, and like, you know, you do. And you, sometimes it can affect you. And I think, you know, as you get older, you get a little bit more like, oh, you know, um, you know, like my other one is fuck it. Like, you know, fuck it all. Like, you know, <laughs> like, and I just have a laugh now, <laughs> but in a nice way. And I just kind of feel that, you know, like, um, you know, like what other people think of you is none of your business. Uh, you know, like, as in, yeah. like, just getting, just being more into yourself and actually loving yourself. And like that, no one can, no one else can give you that real love of saying, you know, like I've become really good at talking to myself, <laughs> like heaps, like, you know, obviously going through like, you know, quite tough experiences, like, you know, with my cancer and that, but just like that whole thing is like, just, you know, like, and surrounding yourself with people that are amazing or really supportive. Like, you know, the people that pick you up never 
st- hang around with people that put you down. And so I guess for me, tall poppy is find those, find that real close, you know, it may not be your, your um, like your tight, tight knit, but then that, that circle just round it seems to get smaller, <laughs> smaller as you get older. And like, you know, I used to worry about not having many friends. I think it must be a female thing because my husband yep. said to me, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe you're worried about, you know, not having many friends. And, and then, that, but then I get it now because I've just got this, these most beautiful friends that are, and it's a small, intimate group. So I love it. So I guess from my perspective, um, that tall poppy syndrome is just but, um, being able to, um, you know, be that flower that stands tall. And like, you know, if you get pummeled, <laughs> you get pummeled by something, you feel <laughs> it's being able to have the ability thing yourself to be, you know, confident and, you know, and, you know, like, and, and talking to yourself and saying real good stuff, like, you know, to yourself, about yourself. And I think that to me is like a big lesson that I've, I kind of feel I've learned with the tall poppy thing um, over the time and just, you know, fuck it all some brilliant wisdom from marg and apologies for any explicit words in there but i think that they packed a punch and they were necessary thank you very much for being a part of this first highlights reel next week week after week after i'm going to keep it coming but this has been a lot of fun going back and i encourage you i implore you to share with your friends with your family if you think any of these four or all four might have more conversations you want to hear or you think other people want to hear otherwise just thank you and i will be back next week thank you so much for listening to tall poppy talk we'll see you next time feel free to check us out on socials youtube